is here again already. Isn't it gone fast this year? Aren't the years going faster and faster? Or is it just that I'm getting older and older? <laughs> it seems like the older you get, the faster they go. I can remember as kids, Christmas would never get here. Man, come September, we were already thinking about Christmas. And, and in our house, if it was after September, we didn't get anything because Christmas was coming. We didn't even get new socks because Christmas was coming. If we had holes in our socks, too bad, Christmas is coming. You're waiting until Christmas before you get anything. Not anymore, is it? Not anymore. Christmas, is, Christmas doesn't mean as much as it used to mean. Now we get whatever we want whenever we want it. And even if we don't need it, we still get it. So Christmas is taking a whole different perspective again. But I want to talk this morning about the wonder of Christmas. And I want to wonder why we don't bring the wonder back in the Christmas season. And I know that, you know, we, we've done this. In fact, Doug mentioned it this morning in Sunday school, that he's read the Christmas story 65 times. 65 years that he can remember he's read the Christmas story. How many more times can you read it? And, and after the 64th time, you might even understand what it means a little bit. But there's so much there that we just skip. You know, I don't know about you, but when you read something over and over again, I don't read every word anymore. I kind of think I know what it's going to say, so I kind of skip quicker through it because I'm not really paying attention because I understand, I think I understand, I think I know what's going to be said next, and I just kind of skip through it. And unfortunately, that's what we're doing with the Christmas holiday more and more and more, is that we're just skipping through it. It's one of the major religious holidays that this country, that this country celebrates, along with Thanksgiving, Easter, Christmas. Those are the three major Christian holidays. Now, there's Halloween, and there's a lot, of, a lot of other ones that I wouldn't consider Christian holidays, but these are the three major ones, and we, we so often and so quickly, we're, we're skipping over the holiday purpose or the meaning of the holiday, the holy day, and we're moving it into a ritual in our life and in our family. And that's the world's perspective. They're starting to, to, to Christmas shop now before Thanksgiving. Holiday stores used to kind of decorate after Thanksgiving. You're seeing it more and more that the Christmas season is starting earlier and earlier. And is it because they're holy people? Is it because Macy's and all these high-end stores are just Christian people and they want to celebrate Jesus' birth earlier and earlier? No. What's it? Why are they doing it? For money. Obviously, absolutely. They, they see this as a, a big profit center for them. This is, the, this is the time when I heard that some statistics that it's over 50% of the profit in that range is between November and December because this is the big time. So, yes, they put a lot of emphasis on the Christmas holiday. And it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad, and I'm not, I'm not against department stores, and I'm not against Christmas shopping. It's all part of the holiday, and it's fun, and we're supposed to have fun with it. But are we, are we doing it at the risk of losing the wonder of what Christmas is really all about? You know, we wonder in a couple different ways. We wonder with the words why, what, when, where, and who often thrown in with that wonder word. I wonder why. I wonder who. I wonder what. I wonder when. I wonder why. And then there's always the 
old H word thrown in, how. I wonder how. And, and, and that's a natural way for us to wonder. That's the wonder of how things work. The wonder of um, a question of how am I going to accomplish this thing I need to have done. How am I going to do it? I wonder how I'm going to do it. I wonder how it's going to get done. And then there's the other sense of wonder, and that is that I am in wonder of something. And that one is I am, I am in wonder over the awesomeness of something. Two different ways to use the word wonder. But yet they're both applicable to this Christmas season. And I want to talk about that this morning a little bit. If, if, you, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, who's been to the Grand Canyon here? I haven't. <laughs> but I have been told that when you walk up to the Grand Canyon and you, your first look at it is that you are just in awe of the size of it. The, the absolute majesty of the Grand Canyon, you are just in wonder of the awesomeness of that natural uh, event, that natural um, park and, how, that, and that, uh, that setting. That's the kind of wonder I want to talk about this morning, and that we can get back to that wonder of Jesus and that wonder of what he did on that Christmas morning. And I want to go back and take a look at the Christmas story with that sense of wonder. And I want to go back and try to put ourselves in the position of those fortunate few that were able to witness this wonderful event. What do you think it, would, what do you think it was like when the prophecies started to be fulfilled? When it started to happen? What do you think it was like for these people? What do you think they thought? What do you think they talked about? Let's look at a few of these examples. If you will, um, keep your Bible open, if you have your Bible, to Luke and Matthew. That's where we're going to spend most of our time. Luke chapter 1, verse 18. Zacharias wondered how it could be that he and Elizabeth would give birth to the forerunner of Jesus, namely John the Baptist. See, Zachariah was an old man, and Elizabeth was an old woman. And they were barren. Hadn't have, they weren't able to have any children all those years. And they prayed. Zacharias was a praying man. He was a priest. He was a man of all men should have had a baby if you measure uh, God's favor with God's service because he was, a, he, was, he was in the service of God. And then finally an angel came to him as it recorded in verse, the 18th verse. Zachariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. So Zechariah was wondering, wondering how, how, why, how could this happen? Why now? Why after all these years are you giving me a baby now? I'm an old man. I don't have the time and the energy to play ball with them. I can't take them to the basketball games. I can't do these things with them because I'm an old man. So why now, God? Why now are you giving me this baby? See, they didn't understand that, that who he really was going to be. All that happened was that the angel came and told them they were going to have a baby. And Zacharias didn't believe him because he asked the question, why? Mary wondered how it would be possible for her, a virgin, to give birth to a baby. Luke 1.34, the, the 34th verse says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Again, she asked the question, how? 
See, the difference between Zacharias and Mary, see, when Zacharias questioned why, he questioned why with some doubt. And Zacharias was then muted until John was born. He couldn't speak. For nine months, he couldn't speak until he, the, the baby was born. And then Zacharias, in that nine-month period, thank goodness he was a teachable old man because it would have been culture at that time to name the baby after him. But instead, the angel came and said, name him John. And when Zacharias obeyed and wrote out his name as John, he could speak. Whereas Mary said, right from the very beginning, if it's what you want, then use me. Where are you? And how quickly are you willing to be used? Are you a Zechariah or are you a Mary? Is your heart willing and, and wanting to please God? If you feel the, the power of the Holy Spirit coming on you and he's going to ask you of something, are you a doubter? Are you asking why? Or are you going to, let, are you going to be in wonder and say yes? like Mary was. Mary received this news joyfully. I'm sure there were still lots of questions in her heart. I'm sure she had lots of questions, and naturally so. But she never let the questions get in the way of her faith. And so many times we let our questions get in the way of our faith. And we question, God, how? We wonder in the wrong perspective. We wonder, God, how in the world are you going to get us out of this one? How in the world did I get into it in the first place? And then rather than being in that sense of wonder of, God, I'm just waiting for you to see. I'm gonna, I have faith to believe to see how you're going to do it. We take the perspective of it's never going to happen. We're naysayers and we're doubters. Joseph wondered why he and Mary had been chosen by God to be the parents of the Messiah. Matthew, turn to Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, of all men, had, had a reason to ask the questions. Here was his engaged fiance they were engaged to be married yet they had no physical relationships prior to that time so there was absolutely no way it could have been an accident he had no relationships with her she was a virgin but yet when he found out that she was pregnant do you not think he would have some questions would you have questions is it natural to have questions Absolutely, it is natural to have questions. And, and Joseph, and, and here's the thing, God let Joseph figure it out for a while. Because he, the angel didn't come to Joseph immediately. Joseph had to reason a little bit on this and had to chew on it a little bit on this. And Joseph had every right to turn her out. Because in the culture of that day, she did a very bad thing. Getting pregnant was not a good thing if you weren't married. But finally, the, the angel came to Joseph and said, Hey, relax, buddy. <laughs> it's all taken care of. I did it. I'm the guilty party. The Holy Spirit, I did it. I did it. No other man touched her. I did it. And not only did I do it, I am going to 
prepare him to be the savior of the world. And boy, didn't that bring questions? I mean, I just can't believe, I just can't even get my, my mind around all the things that these people were having to comprehend and grasp. But they didn't have the Bible. It wasn't foretold to them this way. This was real-time events for them. This was happening right before their eyes, and they didn't have anything besides faith in God. But Joseph wondered, and he asked the good questions, but he didn't doubt God. And because he believed, he took Mary home, and he cared for her as his wife as God asked them to do. The shepherds must also have been full of wonder as the angels appeared to them in the middle of the night while they were keeping watch of their sheep, minding their own business, out in the middle of a field, out in the outskirts of Bethlehem. As Jim mentioned this morning in Sunday school class, they were the lowly of the lows. They were not the highly looked upon people. In fact, shepherds were even considered to be thieves and crooks. And these were not the... These were not the, the people of, our, of their community, of their stature, that were going to be good people. These were the, the outcasts, if you will, out there minding their own business. And then all of a sudden, let's read in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest in heaven and on, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Can you just imagine, with you will, what they were thinking? I mean, just think of the nights you've been outside or you've been by yourself. Maybe your early morning, you know, if you're up hunting or if you're out running or if you're out looking at the stars at night and totally unexpected, all of a sudden, this angel appears to you. He says some words to you, and then the whole heavens open up with multitudes of angels. This was not a small choir, folks. This was the multitude of heaven opened up and sang a song to these lowly shepherds. Imagine what they must have been thinking. It just is mind-boggling to think that the discussions that they must have had, the wonder that they must have had. And then let's continue reading in chapter 2 of Luke, verses 16 through 18. It says, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told of them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. So it wasn't now just the, the shepherd, the shepherds, and Mary and Joseph, now they were spreading the news. They were the first people spreading the gospel. These shepherds, these untrained, uneducated, um, lowliest of the low, they were the ones, the first ones spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. 
They were going into the community around them and they were proclaiming, he's here. He's here. The baby Jesus is here. And again, they had no idea who they were talking about. But God had intervened and gave them a revelation and they, and they shared their revelation. Now, what are we doing? Chris was very good in Sunday school. That challenged us this morning. Here we have the revelation. We know who the Christ is. Why aren't we proclaiming it like the shepherds did? Why aren't we out on our byways and our homes and in our jobs and in our school and where we, where we work and live, why aren't we talking about it more than what we are? Have you lost the wonder? Have you lost the wonder and the awe of who this baby is? See, Mary sat there in all of this wonder and she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She pondered them in her heart. Can you imagine what she was really thinking? Why all this fuss over this baby? And how did all this even begin? How did they know? How did they know? See, even though Mary had this visit from an angel and this divine revelation, I really still don't think she had any idea what was going on. She was just a young girl, 13, 14, 15 years old at that age, just a young girl. She had no Bible training, no theological training. She had no idea, yet she knew enough to sit here and ponder this and just be let, and let herself get caught up in the wonder, in the wonder of who this baby was. Then there was Simeon, and he wondered at the blessing of being able to, to see the child Messiah before he died. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32. And it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child to Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelations to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Wow. Here's Mary and Joseph again bringing this little baby, and here's this old man, Simeon. You know, I, I have to, when I, I, Simeon always reminds me of my grandpa because Clarence Simeon way, I think, I don't know if he was named after Simeon or not, but, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the image that I get. Some little man, hunched over little man with a beard and, uh, you know, not walking very good because he's old, and he comes up and all of a sudden he sees the baby Jesus and the Holy Spirit says, hey, he's the one. He's the one. And all of a sudden, the revelation that must have come in Simeon's eyes, that hope that must have come in his heart to say, I've been waiting all my life to see the Messiah child. And now it's here. Christmas morning is here. That excitement that we have as kids when Christmas morning was here, to Simeon, it was Christmas morning. He saw the child. And the Holy Spirit quickened his spirit and said, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one that's going to save the world. Oh. That revelation that must have come to him to think that I'm get, I get to hold this little baby. Have we lost the wonder? 
Have we lost the wonder what Christmas really is? Do we really understand who this baby is and what he is for me and what he is for you? There was also a prophetess named Anna. Continue on in verse 36 and 38. Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. The same experience for Anna. An old woman spent all of her days in the temple, fasting and praying all of her days. Wow. Could you imagine the joy that she felt when she finally saw the baby Jesus? The revelation, the wonder in her heart to say, I've seen him. And then she just didn't hold it in her. What did she do? She spoke about it. She spoke about it. What about the people listening to this crazy old lady? And I'm sure she might have been considered a little crazy for living in the temple all those years, but I'll tell you what, I'm sure that she spoke with such a passion and such a compulsion that nobody thought she was crazy then. When she saw the baby Jesus, and that was revealed to her who he was and what that little baby was and that little baby, what the power that little baby was going to have, i got to believe she spoke with power after that. And she spoke with authority after that. And what about the Magi? How they, must, how they must have wondered about the meaning of a star they saw and about the baby they were expecting to see. And what about the warning they received in a dream about King Herod? Let's read this. Matthew chapter 2. The first 12 verses in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Mag- Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star had been they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. What in the world were these men thinking? These magi... They didn't just come overnight. They, I had heard that, I had read that they had maybe traveled over 900 miles. 900 miles would be the similar to us driving like 90,000 miles because they were on camels. They weren't, on, they weren't in excursions. 
And they weren't in the, the latest Ford pickup truck with four-wheel drive that could get over anything. No, these guys were on camels and, and, and hot, tough, hard walking. And it might have taken them a year or two. We don't know exactly how long it was, but it wasn't that night. <laughs> it had taken a long time for the Magi to get there. And the reason we know that is because when Herod finally figured it out, Herod was not a, a, a gentle king. He didn't really want to go worship Jesus. The reason he wanted to find Jesus was, was because Herod wanted to kill him. Herod was not a good king. He did not want to worship Jesus. His sense of wonder and awe was not the same sense that the Magi's had. He was out to destroy. He was, he was Satan's partner on this one. And the reason we think it might have been a year or two was because when he finally realized that the Magi had not come back and they had deceived him, he put a decree out and he put a claim out to kill all baby boys under two years old in all of Judea and all of that region. But yet the Magi, they must have wondered. And then finally... Joseph wondered about a dream he had to take Mary and Jesus and flee to Egypt to avoid Herod. Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 says, When they had gone, meaning the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. Boy, there is so much to talk about there. I just can't go down those rabbit trails. But I just wanted to reflect on some of the moments of wonder that are recorded in the Scripture. Just a few of them. But think of the many more countless moments that there must have been among the people of Nazareth and Judah and Bethlehem who were witnesses there. Imagine the talk about the town. Imagine them talking about in the coffee shops. And in, the, and in the restaurants and in the places of work about this virgin conceiving a child and, and angels in the sky and, and about this innkeeper who didn't have room but he gave them a, a, a manger in a stall with, with animals. And then who are these three dudes, man, coming from the Royal East? You know, these guys with the big turbans and these big fancy camels. And uh, who are these guys bringing all these gifts? Who, who are these guys and what's that all about? And then the prophets in the temple declaring this eight-year-old baby was the Messiah. What did all this mean? What did it all mean? Can you imagine the talk? Can you imagine it? Well, let's fast forward 2,000 years. That's where we are today. Where's the wonder? Where's the wonder? The wonder is, I wonder what I'm getting for Christmas this year. I wonder where we're going for Christmas. Uh, I wonder, what are we eating for dinner? I wonder if everybody's going to be there. I wonder. And I'm not against those things. I think the presents are great. I think it's, it's, it's a godly thing to do. It's nothing wrong with that. I wouldn't change it if I could. I wouldn't do away with anything. It's all good. But I, what I would do is challenge us all. Do we really have a sense of the wonder again? Can we get it back? Have we lost it? Our society is so carnal today. It's so much into the physical realm today. It's so much into the short term today. So much into the short term thinking that we just don't get it anymore. Where is the wonder? Where is the wonder? I want to read another poem. 
from Clarence Simeon. It's entitled Emmanuel. He was born a babe 2,000 years ago, yet made the heavens and all this world below. He's the God of all creation. He's the author of salvation. Beware the man who says it isn't so. He made the meadow green where grew the hay upon which his infant baby lay. He made those hills that rang as the heavenly angels sang the story of his blessed birth that day. He made the myrrh, the frankincense, and gold, those wise men to him brought in days of old. He made that shining star that guided them from afar. They knew he was the king so long foretold. He fed the multitude beside the sea. He stilled the raging waves of Galilee. He healed the sick who came to halt the blind, the lame. To the laden ones he said, come unto me. To order and establish David's throne, he came and was rejected by his own. Away, away, they cried, let him be crucified. And so he trod the winepress all alone. He made the woods where grew that rugged tree, upon which he died on Calvary. The tomb where he was laid was hewn from rocks he made. Oh, he's the God of all eternity. He's the one who, old, who saw old Hezekiah's tears, and to his life added, he added 15 years. He took Noah from the water, and he raised Jairus' daughter. He'll deliver you from all your doubts and fears. He's the one who sent the chariot of fire when the voice came to Elijah, come up higher. He was on old Carmel's mount when Baal's prophets took the count. Oh, he's the God who answers with the fire. He brought old Israel out of Egypt's sand. He led them through the Red Sea with high hand. He's the one who buried Moses on the mountain neath the roses. Then he led his people to the promised land. He was with old Daniel in the lion's den. He delivered Jonah from the whale, and then he sent old Ahab that shower. He's the one who gave the power to old Samson when he slew a thousand men. Think not that Christ in Bethlehem began. That's only where he took the form of man. He suffered in our stead. Of the church, he is the head. And you're not in unless you're born again. He's the everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the mighty God whose reign shall never cease. His power is just the same. Believe upon his name. If from the guilt of sin you'd gain release. I think Grandpa understood the wonder. I think he saw it. I think he captured it. Do you? Do you know? Have you sensed the wonder of this Christmas season? As we conclude this morning, Jackie, if you'd come. You know, in all reality, we really can't even begin to appreciate the wonder. We really can't. We can't, I say that, because we don't know really the outcome of a life without that wonder. You know, we spoke already this morning of those that have passed on that are in heaven today. I guarantee you, they know the wonder. They know the wonder. That moment, that first breath of heavenly air, they know the wonder. And you know who else knows the wonder? Those that have passed on without Christ. Because they're in a place that's not like heaven. They're in a place that is not at all like heaven. But I guarantee you they understand the wonder of that baby. They understand now the wonder of that baby. Believe me, they have regrets. They have regrets. 
if we only could have the opportunity to have an interview with one of those people from hell, believe me, they would tell you the wonder of Christmas. Do you know the wonder of Christmas? Would you stand with me? Father, I just come before you in Jesus' name. Oh, that we would gather that wonder. Jesus, that we could really imagine and see what you gave up for us that day. Father, I pray that you would just give us a sense of wonder, that we would be in awe of who this baby is and what this baby means for me personally. It's not just that I know who he is. It's not just that I know what he did, but the wonder of receiving a personal relationship with this baby. Holy Spirit, I give you the authority to work in our hearts this morning. I ask that you would come in and you would bring your conviction power in our hearts and in our lives, that we would sense the wonder of the season today, that we would understand again, or maybe for the first time in our lives, the wonder of Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, move in our midst this morning, I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you take some time now and just reflect and your eyes are closed and you're thinking about the Christmas season, I, I ask you not to think about what's happening this afternoon. Not think about your plans, but think about your sense of wonder. Do you have it? Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want to have that sense of awesomeness of who this baby is? Can you worship him? Is it easy if you come into worship? Or is it a struggle? Is it a, is it a hard thing for you to do? Or can you just walk into it and know that he's there for you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we sing our last song this morning, Jackie, if we could sing that song. I just want you to, to, to spend some time and just praise him now. Come into this sense of wonder in your heart and in your life.
I, I hope that you would take this message throughout this holiday season. And that as you go to your homes and as you go about your time and your activities, celebrate the season. It's a fun season, but don't leave Jesus out of the season. Wonder, wonder about him. And let your imagination run wild this year. Let this be a special year. And embrace him and engage him. If you have a hard time this season, the seasons can be difficult. Let me know. We'd love to pray with you. I'd love to work with you. If there's anything we can do to help you in this season, let us know. Let us help you. A lot of people here like to gather around and work with you and pray with you and be a part of your team. Hallelujah. Father, we just come before you in Jesus' name one more time. One more time, Jesus, we wonder over you. We are in awe over you. You have now grown from that little baby, and now you are the king that sits on high. You are at our Father's right-hand side, and you are interceding for us. You are seeing our every need and our every concern, and Father, and for that we are thankful. We are your brother. We are a joint heir with you, and we have every right to come into the heavenly gates with you and, and declare your promises. Declare your goodness. Declare, Father, that you have our needs in your hand and you are ready and willing to meet our needs father but lord we need to seek you first and all your righteousness and when we do that you will give us the desires of our heart and you will give us and you will meet our needs so father i pray for all of us today that as we go through this christmas season for those that are struggling that have a hard time that maybe this is a first year without a loved one or maybe this has always been a tough season for them lord let the wonder of the baby let the wonder of the baby come into their heart and just infiltrate them and give them a new hope, a new look, a new way to look at it today. And Lord, just be with us and go with us and let us do the things that would make you proud and make you happy. We ask you to be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen.